goes on in Paul's life in that little song. But Paul reached the place in his life, sometimes where we're not at. But Paul reached the place where he says, I am now ready to go to Jerusalem. Or I'm ready to be. I know Corinthians was talking this morning about being a witness. And, um, and you get to a place in your life where you're, not, where you're done trying to, whatever it is that we do in this world, and we truly just focus on the fact that God has called us. You know, God called us. If you're here this morning and, and, um, and you're listening and you have a relationship with him, God called you. And he called you to be a witness, just like Paul is a witness. I know that you had a life before this, just like the Apostle Paul. And sometimes we were the enemy of, of our Lord and Savior. Our mouths, our actions, the way we lived, the way we thought, we were the enemy. And then all of a sudden, one day, we find ourselves on this side of the law, where now we are law-abiding, or we believe the scriptures, and we believe that he is the Christ, we believe that he is the Son, and we believe that he is the way and the truth of the life. But it ain't easy, because the way is going to be narrow. And when we look at Paul's life, uh, sometimes it's going to be just like our life. You're going to suffer some things, especially when the Spirit of the Lord is really moving in your life. Everybody ain't going to be your friend. So, But we have to learn and come to a place where we will be still or we will be at peace with whatever is coming through the door. Whatever this road is going to take us, we will be at peace with our God and we will be at peace with ourselves. And I love what Paul says in those scriptures and acts when he says, I am clean from the blood of all men, which means that his life was wiped clean because we know that Paul was up to no good before his conversion. But he found a place in God where he came to a realization and some of us in this room have to come to the realization that our debt has been paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And you don't have to worry about your past. You don't have to worry about your future because you are bought and paid for with the price. And maybe we'll see some of that in the scriptures that they pray for me because I'm struggling and I'm trying to moxicillin up today. <laughs> my moxicillin is staying up, you know. I'll just be laid all over the house, being the dogs, be laid out someplace together. Probably laying on the floor, just <laughs> lamenting. <laughs> so, but it says here to be still in Psalms 46, verse 10. Be still. And there's a lot to being still or be lazy, you know. There's another word for being lazy, another word for just, man, what's that little song he sings? I want to be a millionaire. <laughs> he just wants to lay around, chill out, don't want to do nothing. But be still. It's a, it's a place, I believe, one of the parts is where you and I are at peace. We are at peace with God's will. And we know I, God. That word am is put in there to, for our understanding. But be still and know that I, God, I will be, and this second part is so key here, I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts, the writer writes, with us. The God of Jacob, our refuge. Pause and think about that. There's a place last week that we read a little bit in Acts chapter 23. 
And we're just going through the life of Paul and how he just got to a place. He said, I'm willing to die when I go to Jerusalem, when I go to Rome. He says, I'm ready to die for the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. I'm ready to die. I don't know if all of us are in that place. Martin Luther King, I believe in my heart, was a witness. And you can hear that brother speak. And I don't care what the world wants to say about him and talk about him and dog him and all that. We have never heard anybody speak like that on this planet in our lifetime. We've never heard it. Even those of the kids that come up and hear that man speak, you got to pause and listen to what that man is saying, how he begins to prophesy that I'm not going to be there with you. <laughs> but this is what's going to happen. And today, our children all go to school together, whether black or white, red, yellow, or green. I know they got private schools and all that because you got people holding on to whatever they're holding on to. But for those of us, we don't give two cents about color because out of one blood, God made all the nations. Apostle Paul, to, and, and then Adam turned around and named his wife Eve because she is the mother of everybody living. Paul is on a journey just like we see in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It says, when the power of the Lord comes upon you, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he's going to give you the power to be witnesses, which means that under, like Corinthians was saying, underneath our own natural strength, I'm not going at it to get my behind whipped like Martin Luther King and them. I ain't trying to deal with no German shepherds. I ain't trying to deal with no hoses. A lot, a lot of people, remember the young lady we were talking about that drove down there to help people get to the voting booths and the, the clan shot her in the head and her husband lost her. Those kids lost their mother. She went down there. Listen, the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you and I. And we will not care about what people think about us. It's going back to, to be still and know that I am God. And he will exalt himself or he will begin to proclaim who he is to the heathen and to the uttermost parts of the world. And that's what he's told Paul. He said, I need you, what he called Paul, I need you to go to the heathen all the way to Rome, and you will suffer many things from me. And Paul comes to a place in Acts chapter 23, where it says, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Verse 11, 23 and 11. Paul was snatched up by the soldiers because there was people there that once they realized who he was, they wanted to kill Paul. They wanted to kill him. And I believe even though today is today, if you and I are full of the spirit of God and we begin to move in the magnitude, I believe that our so-called friends will want to snatch us up and kill us too. Because the devil's still the devil and God is still God. And the night following, the Lord stood by him and said, be of good cheer or be still, Paul. Because Paul's on a journey. Everybody's not getting the same message that Paul is getting. And your friends are not going to get it. Your family's not going to get the same message that you're getting from the Lord. The Lord is going to tell you personally who he is. The rest of us be like, girl, don't go, don't go down there on Fifth Street. But the Lord told you to be of good cheer, Paul, for as 
You have testified of me in Jerusalem. So must you bear witness also at Rome. Paul, your journey is not complete. I'm taking you to Rome. And sometimes you and I are trying to figure out how we're going to get to Rome. And the Lord is, don't worry about how you're going to get to Rome. I'm taking you to Rome. You just learn to be still and know who I am. And that road to Rome ain't going to be easy for us. It wasn't easy for Martin Luther King. And they took his life because he was preaching a gospel gospel that is in the book. That all men, all of us came out of one woman. And that we are one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. That's that's the message that he was preaching, and he lost his life for that thing, and it just kind of bothers us. Why would somebody lose their life? Because the devil still is running the show, and he does not want you and I spiritually free. Physically, we think we're free. But spiritually, we find ourselves still chained to those old ways and those old thoughts and those old things. We ain't free because who the sun sets free is free indeed. Following that message to Paul, how is Paul going to get to where he needs to go to? It says Paul's sister had a son. And they didn't know that that was Paul's sister's son. When you continue reading, if you get a chance, read this when you get home. But the son is sitting there chilling on the block. You know how we be on the block and everybody don't know who kinfolk is who? Especially in here, I can't talk about nobody because everybody's related to somebody. So if I want to talk about you, I might as well go talk to the mirror. Mark, guess what? Because y'all going to be related to somebody. Now I can go back to Philly and talk because there's about 100,000 people in a 10 mile radius. You could be dating one person two blocks over and nobody ever know about it. It's just too many people. But out here, you better watch what you do and watch what you say because somebody be at your house quit. What did you say? <laughs> Got to be careful in small towns. You know what I'm saying? See, y'all can talk about me because I don't know nobody. My family ain't here. <laughs> you know, it's real. But they didn't realize that his sister's son was there and he heard the whole scheme and the plan. And God is using the ignorance of people, just like he was using the ignorance of people to to start a civil rights movement, just like he used the ignorance of people to make people get up and go out and vote. Remember that? You weren't even thinking about voting, but when you saw the ignorance on television, it made you get up and go register to vote because you said, does voting really change things? When you see ignorance and you see racism and you see these different things, it'll move you to do some things. And listen, the good guy and the bad guy both believe they're doing right. The Pharisees and the Sadducees believed that they were doing right by Yah, by killing Paul. And that little boy went to the soldier and said, hey, guess what? Forty men will be waiting on you tomorrow and they are going to kill Paul. So the soldiers are like, well, hold on a second here now. They're going to have to kill us. It may be like eight soldiers, nine soldiers, ten soldiers. Y'all remember January 6th, right? You saw that on your phones and you saw that on the news. Or they went down there and Donald Trump was like, we need to go down there and march. And they went down there and marched. All right. They started beating. Remember, at one point, they were 
for the blue line. <laughs> but then they went down and was trying to kill the blue line. The enemy, he, he has no, he is not your ally. <laughs> they thought the they thought the Lord was with them. They realized that they were on the wrong side. And those that their secrets were exposed to the soldiers, and the soldiers took Paul and moved him forward. They got him up out of there. They took him to another place. And that's where we get to see King Agrippa. You know, going back to Acts chapter 1, 7 and 8, it's so important to look at the beginning. If you don't know the beginning, you'll lose sight. You'll lose sight of the destination. Chapter 1. I was there last week in verse 8. If you want to know what your life consists of, this is what your life consists of. How? When Psalms 46 and 10. How will the Lord be exalted among the heathen? How? Will he be exalted in the earth? How will that happen? In verse 8 in Acts chapter 1, this is what happened to the Apostle Paul. But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Now, I know a lot of people are more worried about speaking in tongues and dancing. But when the Spirit of the Lord came upon people back here, I'm telling you, they knew that they just lost their life. It's over. Because when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, it begins to move you in a way that puts your life in danger. Because here it says, and you shall be witnesses. The only way the Lord will be magnified among the heathen is somebody has to go and begin to magnify him. And it has to be either one of us. I was sitting there studying one day and the Holy Spirit told me, he said, man, your life ain't in danger. Kind of upset me a little bit. He said, you ain't doing nothing for somebody to come on and kill you. <laughs> Is that a shock to us? You know, we were thinking, we, we, we real. You ain't no threat. <laughs> what threat are you? How are we a threat to his kingdom if we ain't out here witnessing and doing the things the Holy Spirit has us to do. We're not a threat to anybody. Maybe we're two, we're, we're one foot in and one foot out. The truth ain't always pretty, but we're no threat. Look in the mirror and see and say, am I a threat to the devil? Because everybody that back here, we see the power of the Holy Spirit upon them and they are prophesying and the Spirit of the Lord is going forth. Man, that movement, they were given over to lions, beheaded, killed. And we're just walking around like everything is okay. <clears throat> like nothing's happening to us. He said, you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So when the spirit of the Lord comes upon you and I, that's literally what it's going to be. I believe that. I believe that if you're on that job, you might get your resume together. 
Because when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you, you're going to begin to tell people on the job what thus saith the Lord. If you're a teacher, you're going to begin to tell children what thus says the Lord. If you're a student, you're going to begin to tell students what thus saith the Lord. You hear what I'm saying? It's just something that happens. It's something that comes upon you. You lost your life. And now the Lord can use his, uh, our life to exalt himself among the heathen. All right? Or among unbelievers. Let's put it that way. People that don't believe. And he sent Paul to people that, that claimed they were believers and also to people that didn't believe. And we get over to Acts 26. Sometimes the older people would say the same faith that saved you is the same faith that will keep you. Do you hear me? You know, we're like, man, I need to get, I'm about to spend 20 minutes on the faith treadmill running to get my faith up, you know? But if you have faith the size of a mustard seed that caused you to believe who Christ is, that faith right there will take you where you need to go. Paul doesn't preach any new gospel. Paul isn't trying to, and as the more you start spending time with the Lord, you stop trying to go all deep and everything. Just preach what he asks you to preach. Teach what he asks you to teach. Keep it simple. And in Acts 26, Paul is standing before the kings. He hasn't finished. He hasn't made it to Caesar yet. You know, he's still going to have to go. But every time he stands before people, he begins to tell them what? His testimony. Our testimony is the greatest thing that ever happened to you and I. It's our testimony. It's personal. It's what I believe. I don't know what your testimony is. We used to have testimony service. People stood up and began to tell them what the Lord did in their life. Because people in the room need to know where you came from. What happened? How you got here? The Apostle Paul, his life is on trial and people want to kill him because of his testimony. We overcome by what? The blood of the Lamb? The word of our testimonies. And we love not our lives and the death. That third thing is a place where the Holy Spirit will get you to. It's not about you no more. And Paul begins to talk to them. He says, at midday, O king, he hasn't made it to Rome yet. He's still got to go to Rome. I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining round about me and them which journeyed with me. I saw a brightness brighter than the sun, brighter than everything I've ever seen in my life, shining round about me. And we fell to the earth. I, had a, I heard a voice speaking into me saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus whom you persecutest. But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose to make thee a minister, a preacher, a communicator and a witness both of these things which you have seen and of those things in which I will appear unto thee. Delivering you from the people, from the Gentiles of whom now I send thee. To open their eyes, to turn from darkness to light, the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins 
and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. That this battle that Paul is going through, he talks about right here when he starts to talk about to open their eyes, to turn from darkness to light and the power of Satan unto God. There is a fight when Martin Luther King made a decision to lead that civil rights movement. You can't tell me that he wasn't coming against Satan. Now, we know that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But sometimes Satan can be in black and white and red and yellow and green. God is a spirit. Angels are spirit beings. And when they come inside people and begin to influence people, even like back in Egypt, when it was all black, the Egyptians enslaved the Hebrews. Do you hear me? Nobody wants to talk about that. But at one time, all the people that were writing that owned slaves at the time when words were first being written were black. Nobody wants to talk about that. They just want to talk about what happened the last three to four hundred years. But this book talks about when people that look just like us reigned. And we have to look at things honestly. And we have to understand here, like Paul is saying, to open their eyes, to turn from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God. It's Satan when he led Jesus up on that mountain. He said, I'm the one that runs all these kingdoms down here. If you bow down, hey, man, I'll make you a part of my crew. So you and I have to understand that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. When you're on this journey, I don't care who's in your face. I don't care what opposition they bring. You have to understand that when you begin to speak for God, that you're taking food out of the lion's mouth. You hear what I'm saying? Remember when David went to go take food out of a lion's mouth? The lion fought back. And the lion is going to fight back against you and I too. So sometimes you might have to get your behind whooped. Okay, and I know you can throw hands, but it's hard to throw hands against people coming from every direction. I don't know if you've ever been jumped before. <laughs> okay, you've been in a party and blows are coming back. You try to swing on one person, you get hit by 12 from the back. And Paul being about maybe four or five feet tall. <laughs> I mean, you got brothers snatching him up in the air. That's how the soldiers got him out of there. They just picked Paul up and carried him like he was a, a sack of potatoes. So he, Paul ain't throwing hands. But you have to understand that you need the power of the Holy Spirit in your life anytime you go into a lion's den. You hear what I'm saying? I know you're thinking, but he's the angel shut the mouth of the lions. But Paul is trying to tell you and I that he didn't shut these lions mouths. These lions mouths are still roaring and they were still throwing hands and he was getting his behind beat. And he stands before King Agrippa. He stands before, and we keep thinking that the gospel wasn't preached into all the earth. We keep thinking that people didn't hear from the prophets. But we know that wise men came from the east looking for the one that was to come. That's the testimony in the book of Luke, that they said that wise men came. And let's see here. 
In verse 19 here, it says, Whereupon, O King Grippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. When you and I receive that word from the Lord, and I believe that we will, I believe individually, you have to come to a place where you see Jesus for yourself. All right? Yes, you will. And listen, he's going to pour his spirit out upon all flesh. Sons and daughters shall prophesy. All right? All right. But showed first unto them at, of Damascus and at Jerusalem and throughout all the coasts of Judea to the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God and do works meet for repentance. For these causes, the Jews caught me in the temple and went about to kill. Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day witnessing both to small and great saying none other than those things which the prophets and Moses did say should come. Luke 24. We went over that before. He opened their minds so they could understand Moses and the prophets. But the thing about the journey is, he said, having therefore obtained help of God. It was God that was causing these people not to kill him. It was God that made the soldiers hear the noise and they ran down there and they rescued Paul out of that. It was God that made his sister's son be right there when they were planning on killing Paul. It was God that later on made sure that they didn't die in the shipwreck. It was God that made sure that when the snake came out the fire and fastened on his arm and he shook it off, Paul comes to tell you and I that when you're on the journey, when you and I, listen, nothing's going to happen to your life until you finish your course. They can beat you all night long. Yeah, they can shoot you up. And I'm telling you, miraculously, after they stoned Paul, the people thought he was dead. But they saw these little toes wiggling. <laughs> they saw this little hand move. And they pulled the rocks off him. And they realized that, Paul, you're alive? Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> On the roam. On the roam. I, I, me, I'd have tapped out. If you ain't got the Holy Spirit, I'm like, yo, these people just beat my behind. <laughs> That, I'm y'all. I'm going back to work. <laughs> I'm going back to old Renner Center. I think that's a wrap. <laughs> I thought I could throw hands. I realized I couldn't throw hands. I'm, let me go back and sell a TV or something. Because <laughs> I'm not going back over there. I told him at Bible study. I don't. I don't know what that's like. But I look at those old films of the, of the hoses and the dogs and getting beat and and seeing friends' dead bodies, and I'm still walking towards it. Come on now. Some of them folks, I'm like, they might have not been their right mind. <laughs> that might have been a little Junior in them. You know the ones that were listening crazy? You know the ones that just keep going over there? Uh, nah, the people in their right mind are like, you know, I'm going to watch this on TV. Get the popcorn. Get Terrell Owens. We're going to get the popcorn going. We're going to watch this on TV. Oh, they got, oh, they got Sharisha. Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> they got, got Rithy. Oh, my goodness, AJ. You know, we at the funeral all teared up. <laughs> It takes a supernatural power for you to walk into uncertainty where you see your friends and loved ones and your leaders in the community. The four little girls that were playing underneath the church get killed. And you think that that movement that we're watching on television ain't like the movement going on here. There's a problem. The reason why we get a chance to see that and the reason why we get this book is when they're killing our kids. Mm 
You hear me? But he is calling each and every one of us not to go fight people, but to go fight Satan himself. And you and I, we need the Holy, the Holy Spirit. I know the church has made it a fun thing, running around, speaking in tongues and dancing. And we look real cute. Oh, well, you, you, you danced out your skirt. Well, you got that step. <laughs> was no dancing when they had their hands on Paul when they were throwing them beads at him. Was no dancing going on when Martin Luther King was on that balcony and that man shot him. Was no dancing when John F. Kennedy got his head blown off. It's no dancing. So don't look for people to be dancing. The church brought in dancing and, and, and oh, give and give and give. Paul said, ain't nobody give me nothing. That's what he wrote. So stop listening to these people out here. Let's read the book. Because the book is going to keep it real. You're going to get your behind whoop. They're going to talk about you. They're going to lie on you. They're going to put you down. The Holy Spirit said, Mark, you ain't do nothing yet. That, we got to get to a place where we are a threat to his kingdom. Because people are being... Remember when... The Moses and Aaron went in there. They went in there to take people out of Egypt. They walked up to Satan, even though it was a person. And it doesn't matter if they're black or white. It's the same spirit. The same spirit that got that man and woman out there selling their bodies for drugs. The same spirit that has that man or woman beating children or, or the pedophile snatching up kids. The same spirit. Okay, that, that, that murdering spirit, that lying spirit, that stealing spirit. And you and I are going to have to go and say, let my people go. That's what the gospel is. It's good news. Come on out. And if you think that Pharaoh's just going to be like, oh, okay. Go ahead and take him, Chris. How, much do, how, many, how many can you fit in the car? Four? Okay, we'll take those four and come back. I wish it was like that. But when you throw your staff down, they're throwing their staff down too. They're like, Ed, <laughs> and they're going to throw hands because they, Satan is not. Remember when Paul and them, when that woman was the soothsayer, reading palms and they were making money and everything like that? Shoot, boy, when that spirit came out of her, they got their behind whooped. You hear it? We have to understand when it says, be still and know that I am God, like we just read in Acts 23, be of good cheer, Paul, because I'm with you. And he says here, and he continues unto this day, witnessing both to the small and great, saying none other things than which the prophets and Moses did say should come. That's all he preached was Moses and the prophets. That Christ should suffer, that he should be the first that should rise from the dead, should show light unto the people and to the Gentiles. And as he thus spake for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, you are beside yourself. Much learning, much studying, much reading, much praying does make you mad or make you crazy. Because these men, don't think that these Gentile kings don't know what the prophets were speaking because they went around to the whole earth proclaiming who God is. Amen? Amen. 
But he said, I am not crazy. I'm not mad. Most noble Festus, but I speak forth the words of truth and I'm sober. <laughs> I'm sober. Why does somebody being drunk all the time got to come up? <laughs> you know, they said that in Acts chapter two. They be they drunk. No, I'm sober. I'm in my right mind today. I used to not be in my right mind, but now I'm in my right mind today. For the king knoweth of these things. Paul is trying to tell you and I that these jokers that are in those political positions, we think are just idiots. And they're not. Some of them know what you're speaking is true, but they made a decision to play a role along with the devil. They took position, some of them took positions with the devil, some of the entertainers we see. Some of the politicians, some of the people that are making a lot of money out here, they, they took a bribe and gave their soul to the devil. And he says, you know of these things before whom I also speak freely, for I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him. For this thing was not done in a corner. When you and I go forth and we begin to proclaim the good news, everybody on earth already knows the story. The only difference is there's going to be power. The kingdom of heaven is not just in the words, but it's in the power of God. To what? The saving of the soul. When you start seeing people get saved, you're on the right road. King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? Paul knew who he was talking to. I know that you believe. Then Agrippa said to Paul, you almost persuaded me to be a believer. There's going to be some people that the Lord is going to use us to go and one more time tell them about who Jesus is. It's going to be one of your friends at school. It's going to be one of your coworkers. It's going to be your next door neighbor. One more time will he send you and I to go speak the truth to somebody that we know. You know you grew up going to Sunday school. You went there with your grandmother. Matter of fact, we both went with our grandmothers when we were young. You know the truth. Are you out here doing this? And you proclaim to them one more time. You'll stand before people. The Lord told him, I'm going to take you. Your gift will bring you before what? Great men. Great women. I was looking at Smokey Robinson. Smokey Robinson, throughout his music career, was hooked on marijuana and cocaine. Smokey Robinson said that he wanted to get off it so bad. He ended up going, praying about it. Holy Spirit led him to this church. He said there was this woman there. And the woman said, I've been praying for you for a long time. Every time I go in my prayer closet, the Lord would always tell me to pray for you. And now you're standing here in front of my face. And he said that day he was delivered from weed and cocaine that ruled his life had him shackled started off as a young man all it takes you know you're hanging out you're a big time entertainer and somebody introduces you to the God they serve and you take a part of that God and next day you know that God is running your life for 80 years he's 80 years old but I tell you right now the Lord had a woman. She said, I'll never meet this man. Have you in your prayer closet, you're praying, and the Holy Spirit will say, pray for, pray for 
Dak Prescott. I'm not praying for Dak Prescott. And for years, you're praying for Dak Prescott. And one day, you're sitting at church at a prayer meeting. And who walks through the door? Is Dak Prescott. And you're so in shock. And out loud, you say, I've been praying for you for years. And I don't even know why. Can I pray for you right now? And Dak Prescott gets delivered for whatever had him bound. That's what happened. That's Smokey Robinson is telling us what happened. How he got delivered. He's 80 years old. And now he's free. When you and I, I don't care what happened to our past. We will look at Paul. Paul said, I'm free from the guilt of everything I did in my past. Has no bearing on me right now and it has no bearing in my future. The blood of Jesus has cleansed me and I'm, I'm, I'm able to be used now for his glory. And each and every one of us in this room, if we make that decision to travel that road, we're clean. In every house there's vessels of honor and dishonor. But the blood of Jesus makes you and I a vessel of honor. Not to brag or to boast, but we are usable now for our Heavenly Father to speak through us. To proclaim who he is for other people. And I'm telling you, when it happens, you will be amazed at the power of God flowing through you. And you know it's not you. And when you see the shackles come off people's life, it'll humble you. When you start seeing this book come to life, when it happens the way you read about it in the book and you see it happen in 2023, 2024, when you see it happen in your life right now, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jehovah will never change. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Be still and know. Everybody's not going to get to that place. Because some will still be chasing that high. They'll still be chasing things in this world. They'll still be chasing the recognition. They'll still be looking for somebody else. When it's in him that we live and move and have our being. That's all I got for you today. Amen. Be still and know that he is God.